All right, good evening, Grace Points. Pastor Brad here. Uh, good to see you all this evening. Anybody else that's out there? We've been going through the book of Matthew. We're actually going to finish up chapter 11 tonight, maybe even dip into chapter 12. That's awesome. Making good progress. So we've been talking about the kingdom, haven't we? So Father, open our eyes to the kingdom. Help us to become humble, receive your grace, receive your mercy. We've already been born again. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. Give us revelation and understanding. And God, give us the courage to walk in the kingdom. Give us the sight to see, also the boldness to walk in your kingdom. Help me as I teach it tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Jesus was uh, laughing and rejoicing that the kingdom was hidden from the wise and the prudent, but it was revealed unto babes, unto children. Isn't that cool? And I've taught before how the kingdom, Jesus said, you've got to become like a child. First of all, you've got to become like a baby because you've got to be born again. Then you have to reject, as I taught, everything that you were thrown into, your culture, your family, mom and dad, school, everything you've been taught, whether it was Mormon or Hindu or Muslim or humanistic atheism or communism or whatever you were taught, you have to reject it and follow Jesus because He is the Word of God. He is the interpreter of scriptures. It's interpreted by Him and it is about Him. We've taught on that. And so we just left off talking about that. Jesus brings the kingdom. The kingdom is located in Jesus, and the kingdom message is about Jesus' rule and reign. One day, the Bible even says that Jesus is going to give the kingdom to the Father so that God can be all in all. Isn't that something? won't teach on that now, but that's, that's a pretty incredible thought. So we're going to pick up right at the end of Matthew. So Jesus does all these mighty works. He announces coming judgment. He announces blessing on those that follow him and judgment on those that reject him. I mean, Jesus is the big deal. He says he's bigger than your mom and dad. He's bigger than your wife or your husband. He's bigger than your brother or sister. He's bigger than your culture. He's bigger than your religion. Okay, He is going to judge the world. You need to listen to him. He's, that's what he's telling you. He's literally... Uh, God's Messiah, and you need to listen to him. So he, he does all that, but then he says this kingdom message, one of the messages of the kingdom would be a time of peace, a time of prosperity, and a time of rest. Where is this rest? Where is this prosperity? Where is this message of relief? It's in Christ. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly, I'm lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It makes me think of the Old Testament these prophets used to go around and say, oh, the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord. And, Jesus, and then the Father God says, I am sick of hearing you guys talk about the burden of the Lord. He says, if you have a burden, bear your burden. But don't go around talking about burdens that I'm not giving you. He, he got tired of it. It's almost like he was saying the same thing. He says, I'm not trying to give you a burden. I mean, there, there, there was a burden of the word of the Lord, but... Uh, 
He says, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. And that's something. Jesus didn't come to put more rules on us. He didn't come to put more requirements on us. One of the things that Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for is he said, you guys come around and you put more and more rules on people. You put more and more burdens on people, but you won't do one thing to lift any of those burdens off the people. You just, you're, just, you're of the law. You just keep throwing all these burdens. And Jesus says, I'm not like that. Come to me. I'll remove burdens. Come to me. I'll remove your yoke. You know, we say that Jesus fulfilled the law and laid it aside, but that doesn't mean that Jesus laid aside righteousness. He came and by the grace of God gave us righteousness. Everything that we need for life and godliness is now found in Jesus. Flip over to 2 Peter chapter 1. He says in verse 3, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, according as His divine power has, past tense, given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's a big old area. Everything we need for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him, Jesus, who has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, he goes on to say, giving all diligence, add to your faith moral excellence. And he goes on, he, he lists all these qualities. So he's not saying, when he fulfills the law, he's not saying that we don't need to live righteous, holy lives. He actually tells them, through the knowledge of Jesus, we should be adding to our faith moral excellence and virtue, goodness, godliness, whole, all these things. Uh, but he's, what he is saying is, they're all in Him. He is giving you rest. He is giving you sanctification. If we will trust Him, He is removing our sins. He is, first of all, He forgives our sins. Then He removes our sins. And then He pours out righteousness on us. Not only is righteousness imputed to us, but righteousness is imparted to us. Brother Brad, what do you mean, imputed, imparted? Righteousness, our righteousness is like a filthy rag. We now have the righteousness of God that's in Christ. We've been baptized, as I've said, into the kingdom because we've been baptized into the king. We've been baptized into Christ. And his righteousness has become our righteousness. We can go boldly to the Father through his name and in his righteousness. When God looks at us, he said, through Christ, he sees us as righteous. But not only does he impute righteousness to us, but he also imparts righteousness. When we are born again, whose spirit do you think comes to live in us? The spirit of Christ. And through that spirit, God transforms us <laughs> from glory to glory, by faith to faith, into His image, which is the image of righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Of Him are we in Christ. Remember, 1 Corinthians 12.13, baptized into Christ. Of Him are we 
in Christ, who was made unto us. Jesus has been made unto us all things we need for life and godliness. 1 Corinthians 1.30, who was made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So all the righteousness you need is in Him. If you walk in the Spirit, which means you walk in Him, you're going to walk in holiness, you're going to produce love, joy, faith, peace, goodness. You're going to be adding those things to your life. So even though we're not under law, Jesus brings through His Spirit everything that we need, okay, to please God. Actually, the law is fulfilled when we walk in the Spirit, the law is fulfilled in our life. Not the letter, but the spirit of the law. Paul said in Romans 13, he says, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you fulfill the law. The law of the new creation in John 13, 34 is love one another. So when we walk in love, we walk in the Spirit, we live a life that is so, more, so much more righteous and holy and moral than anybody that's trying to fulfill the letter of the law. The law of God is literally the law of love. The law of Christ is literally written in our heart and put in our minds. Not the letter, but by the Spirit. This is burden removing. We don't have to labor under the law, trying to be righteous, trying to please God. We are made righteous by God. We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We are given a robe of righteousness. We, we are given the Spirit, and now by faith we stay in contact with God, and we do by nature the things that please God, and we enter into rest. I, I, I don't have time to get into this. I've got into it before. I'm going to tap on this. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Isn't that beautiful? Flip over to Hebrews chapter 3. I'll, I'll end here today. I've covered all this stuff before, but I'm just, I just keep trying to tie it in. Maybe when I taught it the first time, it wasn't as clear to you. Maybe line upon line, precept upon precept, we're going to get this, we're going to understand it more. But Jesus said in Hebrews... Oh, I could really, well, where do I go, Lord? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, and we'll start with verse 1. He said, Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into rest, any of you should come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, but the word preached didn't benefit, didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, I have sworn to my wrath, they shall, they shall enter into my rest. As I have sworn to my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in another place, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remains that some must enter in, and they to whom it was first preached did not enter in because of unbelief. Okay, Paul in 
uh, Hebrews 4 is talking about entering in to a Sabbath rest in Christ. That when we believe the gospel, when we put our faith in Jesus, we actually enter into a rest. It's finished. God finished from His works. When Jesus was on the cross, He said, it's finished. Everything is complete. Our job now, the work of God, is to believe on Him whom He has sent. And when we believe on Christ, Him whom He has sent, the fruit of the gospel works in our life. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul calls it the fruit of righteousness. Isn't that something? How does it happen? By believing and entering into rest. The works are finished. We come unto Jesus. If you're laboring under law, if you're laboring under a works gospel, we come unto Jesus and we trust Him and we enter into rest. He removes our sin. He removes our burden. He removes our yokes. He removes oppression. And He gives us all things that we need for life, to live, and to live godly lives. He makes us holy, both in position before God and in lifestyle, if by faith we walk in the Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? Folks, we got to believe the gospel, mix it with faith, and enter into rest and allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Don't resist Him. Yield to Him. Follow Him, and He'll do the work. We'll just end right there for tonight and uh, pick up next week.